Welcome to this episode of Brilliant Brains and Beautiful Minds. Today we're talking all things daydreams, dream teams and how to add a little spritz into your day. Any ideas yet? She is the founder of One Day Dream PR, The Dream Team and most recently Batch & Co. Please welcome the amazing Prue Corrigan. Hi Melanie, how are you? Oh, doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, I'm okay. I'm just dealing with lockdown uh, as best as I can at the moment. I'm, I'm a little bit over it though. A little bit over it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. these same four walls in a one-bedroom apartment, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I know. We're down <laughs> at our farm at the moment and I think if I see a goat, a cow, a horse or, you know, the lake again, I'm just going to like be like, oh, my God, it's just like Groundhog Day. So It so is like Groundhog mm. Day and it just feels like you're just doing laps and the same thing. I was trying to walk around my one-bedroom apartment doing laps and I was just, yeah. (laughs) It's not the same. (laughs) I feel like you're going bananas, really, but... I will never complain about the office again, ever, ever. I know, isn't that funny? My 5am alarm clocks for, you know, shoots, never. Like, cool, off we go. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Oh, so today we're going to be chatting with you about your brand's um, product development personal branding and creative inspiration. So it's pretty exciting. But um, I just thought to mix it up a little bit with what we're doing, I have one of your amazing um, batch and codes. Actually, I've got a few of them, so it's <laughs> one afternoon for me. Um, I love it. So I just couldn't go past this beautiful pale mint green. So um, I'm going to have a bit of a spritz while we do this one. And I have we're... one of them too. So cheers. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> While we're in ISO, I know. I think haven't we all? That's the problem. So cheers. Uh-huh. Cheers. No judgment. Exactly. <laughs> mm. Well, let's get started and get into this. Sure. Just wanted to go back in time. Um, where did you see yourself in your younger years? Um, and it could be, you know, a couple of different points on the journey. Where did you see yourself position-wise? Um, from a career point of view, what what would you think you might do? Yeah, well, originally I was studying acting. So I uh, did a lot of amateur theatre. I was studying speech and drama with the Trinity College of London. I was doing private lessons. I did that basically from about the age of seven through till 18. Uh, and I loved it. I truly loved it. Um, I then left school and went into international trade. So I got into international trade, which Look, I just didn't do that well in year 12, I'll be completely honest. And international trade was there. And I took the university degree. I lasted 18 months there and said, this is not for me. And I guess I'd started, a few friends had said, I think you'd be great in PR. Ended up getting into a PR course. And then during that time, um, I started to get lead roles at theatre companies, local theatre companies here in Melbourne. And I really had this sliding doors moment as I was offered a job as well as a coordinator role as to whether I take the lead role on stage or whether I go into sports girl and my mother said I'm not going to support an unpaid actress I suggest you get a job and uh, the next thing you know I'm at sports girl and I, I was in PR and became brand manager there and was there for six years and that led into the rest of my career so really sliding door moments but I always wanted to be an actress and it definitely you know was a dream and is a dream and I don't know whether it'll ever come back again but we'll see <laughs> Wow. I, I think I act every day anyway in some way. So, you know, yeah. you've got to make things exciting. So, yeah. How exciting though. But it's, I think, so I came from a performing arts background as well. Oh, okay. um, not so much acting but dancing and doing shows and performing and did a little bit of drama, which I loved. But, yeah, but I think 
the skills that you learn from performance um, and there's a confidence that it brings you and it doesn't mean that you're necessarily sometimes, yeah, I'm ready to go. Like I was even nervous just today before the interview. It's only because I don't want to do a great job and you get that butterflies. But I think yeah. from a performance background, you know how to handle that and you know what it is. Yeah, Would you absolutely. agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, going on stage and sitting in front of an audience, yes, they're going to judge you from the moment that you walk on. So <laughs> if you're walking into a meeting or you're jumping onto a phone call, whatever it is, people will absolutely judge. And I've always felt if I can bring light and laughter into a situation and, and people can feel good around my energy, then that will open up amazing things, which is what acting essentially does on stage too. You bring the audience into your character and get them engaged from the beginning and, and that's how you can build great relationships and success. Yeah, I love that. And I think you probably use that so well within your job and through your businesses and just even chatting with you. There's just, there is this that bounce of energy and it is, it's magnetic, I find. And when you find people like that, I like to gravitate towards them. And it's just it's like, okay, yeah. cool. What can we talk about? Where can this conversation go? And let's let our minds run wild. So who knows where this conversation's going <laughs> to end up? But you and I spent about 15 minutes before we got on here. <laughs> just were like, we better start recording now. So Yeah, but let's hit the record button because that's what I'm here for. <laughs> okay, um, so, right, so performance art background and, and moving forward. And then you sort of had this lining doors moment. When you went to, did you, once you went to work for Sports Girl and within that process, how, when was it that you thought oh, I could actually be great at this and create something on my own? Like how far along that journey? Yeah, I, I was really fortunate to start with the Sports Girl brand in 2000 um, when Naomi Milgram had just bought it out and she was on a journey of really bringing Sports Girl back to the forefront. So hard for us all to believe, but it was a damaged brand for quite some time. And then in 2000, it really turned around and became every young woman's favourite place. I mean, it was the leading fast fashion store at that stage. Mm. Um, and so I was lucky to work with Mary Porters, who is out of the UK. She turned around Harvey Nicks. She has a, um, an agency called Yellow Dog. And she really came into Sports Girl and, and turned around the campaigns, turned around the visual merchandising, turned around our thoughts in terms of how we were going to buy and position and trends. And I, she was incredible. And I think being a young person, I was 21 at that stage, and being a young person and watching her perform every day when she was... Mm -hmm giving us the information and explaining the dream of how we were going to change Sports Girl, that really inspired me, I guess, six years later to go, you know what? Yeah, I'd love to have my own agency and be able to inspire others. Um, you know, the, the confidence that she used and the power that she gave all of us because we felt so powerful through what we were transforming together, you know, mm. was, was really key. And culture was key to her too. So you had a team of people that had come together from all different walks of life, experience, no experience. And there was like 50 of us in head office. And we were all going towards the one vision to change sports girl. And I think that, you know, and again, that's like acting on stage with a team of people for a, for a production. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing. So, um, yeah, I think that that experience really turned me into starting my first agency, which was Two Birds Talking, and then obviously yes. leading into One Day Dream. So, yeah, how amazing! And I think just to have be having such a great mentor at a young age really would have just imparted so much knowledge. And just yeah, when someone is great and they empower you, it's amazing what it does to a team. Just being kind and empowering and giving people that strength to go right, go for it, let's go, see where Absolutely. you can take it. 
Absolutely. And you know, she was really, she was really switched on her and Naomi, Naomi and a very successful businesswoman too, being Naomi, the two of them could see the potential in people too, which I found quite amazing to sit back and watch. So they could see the people that really wanted to be on board that really, that they could really push. And they started to figure out how far they could push these particular people as well to really take them to the next level. And through that, you know, we were given amazing life coaching sessions. You know, if we were working all weekends and we were doing roadshows all around Australia, we'd be getting spa days out of the office. And I mean, we really were treated like we were part of a family. And I think that was, you know, a huge part of what I was, you know, hoping to replicate in my business, but also giving brands the knowledge of how to take a brand from something to huge success, which I saw with Sports Girl. Yeah. And how would you, so yeah, talking about how you sort of created that same energy within your team, how big is your team between Sydney and Melbourne now? So we have 10 girls. Um, there is more up in Sydney. So from a PR perspective, uh, obviously all the media is up in Sydney. So we run more girls yep. up there. And then we have four girls down in the Melbourne office and we, we do more of the talent um, management down in Melbourne. Yes. So yeah, so 10 of it. So obviously the communication between Melbourne and Sydney c can be tough, but you know, Zoom is there and um, conversations yep. are there and communication is what we do every day. So the girls are really good at picking up the phone and, and having the conversation. I'm like, don't send any more emails, pick up that phone and just talk to me yeah. because we can move so, so much quicker. So I, yeah, I think, um, yeah, having those quick conversations, do you do a lot of team meetings and like boosting, you know, team morale and keeping everyone together, especially in these times at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. We've got um, the girls or the team. Sorry, I have Shane now with me. He's actually my first boy within uh, One Day Dream, which is awesome because we don't see a lot of boys in PR. They just no. don't, um, they don't gravitate to the industry. So Shane is with us and we now do Spotify lists. So each of us have created Spotify lists for the week. So you can inspire people by your music and you can listen to, you know, what Ali's listening to or Michelle or Prue or whatever it might be. Um, we send funny memes to each other. I mean, we're constantly, <laughs> you know, doing jokes. We're yep. just doing little things like that, that we would probably do in the office on a daily basis, but we're just not doing because we're all in lockdown. So um, <laughs> we have weekly whips, you know, and then we break out into our, our clients and we're very blessed. We still have clients in the agency and um, the client's been wonderful to work with and we've been pivoting, but um, yeah, we do our breakouts into those smaller teams as well. So, but there's lots of communication going on for sure. One thing I find really interesting, so you've obviously gone from working for a brand, then having a partnership with a bit of business, and then now you've moved into, it's your business obviously with a great team. When you shift gears, going from one to the other or whenever even you're adding another layer to your business which you've done really successfully what would you say is your process like do you think about it strategize it or do you just have a gut feeling and just let it all go yeah <laughs> i love i love this one i i definitely have a gut a gut feeling and i definitely wing it a lot um but i think with you know, with changing from two birds to one day dream, that, that was a massive move for me. Um, that certainly wasn't something that was taken lightly either. That was nine years in a business, starting at a very young age of 27 and creating a PR agency in an already thriving world of, of PR. So we were like the new kids yeah. on the block. Um, and I think it just got to a time in that business where I'd lost the passion. I'd also had a baby, so I'd lost the passion. I thought I'd lost the passion for PR and I actually didn't think I was worthy or I knew how to do it anymore, which is amazing to think that you get to that point after having a baby, after being what 11 years in the industry, 12 years in the industry at that stage. And I just, it was, it was crazy. So that was a huge decision to move, but I knew I had to because I wasn't being 
true to myself, I wasn't being true to my business partner, nor the girls that worked for me. We had 20 staff at Two Birds Talking at that stage. Um, it was a really real, I've never really spoken about it either, but it was a really, really, really tough time and a tough decision. Mm. Um, so my husband, God love him, was like, I need to get you out of here. I need to get you to figure out where your head's at. And he had met a guy called Roger Hamilton, who is um, a great spiritual entrepreneur. And he took me to a session. Yeah, write him down. I'm going to send you some links. Got my pen and paper. Yeah, you can share it with everybody too. He's great. Um, And I went to see him on a weekend in Melbourne and I walked in and I could feel my body language. I was negative. I was unhappy. I was like, "Eh," I didn't want to talk to the person next to me. I just, I was like, what is wrong with you? What is going on? Hated it. Negative Nelly. The minute I walked in the door. (laughs) By the end of it, I was hands in the air. I was jumping. I was hugging the person next to me. I was like, and this was after two days and I booked a, a, a 12, sorry, a two week transformation iLab session with him in Bali at his Vision Villas. And the next thing you know, I was on a plane to Bali meeting people from around the world and literally ripping an old head off and putting a new head on in terms of where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do, what was my passion, what was my purpose, why was I doing it? Um, and all sorts of things. And that was, that was kind of the changing, the changing point into one day dream. And then that led me to create the dream team and then also batch and co. Yeah. For you to stay ahead of the curve on a creative level or, um, in business, what would be your probably one main thing that you've gone, okay, this is, this is how I do that jump. This is how I take that next step. Is there a process? Is it something that you just... (laughs) (laughs) no I think well it's funny you know I remember pitching to a client five years ago um to do a digital catwalk you know um a a virtual catwalk and and I remember you know virtual reality to me back then I've been reading a lot of articles about the future of it and for me like to host a PR event when people aren't actually physically with you and you're sitting on your couch and I'm here and we can all click in, but then there might be an avatar of me or the founder of the company in your living room is just blows my mind to the exciting point of, wow, this is like Mm. next level. I love it. I remember going to Disney world and watching, have you been into the 4d Shrek ride where you get all the components. So look, smell, feel, see the whole thing is all there. And so you get like wind blown in your face out of the seat in front of you. And then the, and then the chair is rocking and you go through this whole visual experience, but the feel, the physical experience is there too. So I think it's always been coming. I think the world's been preparing not for coronavirus, but obviously (laughs) for things to be done at home so that we can be more global. And I think that just what we're seeing now is sped everything up. So um, staying ahead of the curve, I think I had some great ideas. The challenge was actually getting brands to step over into that and to convince them to feel like that that is something that they could do. That would probably be um, the biggest challenge because I think a lot of people sometimes play it safe. Um, And I think also a lot of people sometimes don't understand the value of PR. I think that's a huge thing within my agency and and world or industry of PR at the moment where I'm trying to get people to understand the value of it and how important it is in the mix. And it doesn't mean that it's going to make you instant sales, but if you have patience and um, you can go on that journey, there's great success for you at the end of that. So, yeah. It's so true. And I think, um, because a lot of the followers that I have are artists and creatives and things like that as well. So I think what you're saying there is when people are building their personal brand as well, they have to, A, have clarity over what it is. Um, And I'm sure you can, give me a couple of your top three things for personal branding. But I think 
they have to be able to market themselves and they need to PR themselves because there's no point doing all this work and nobody knows about you. Yeah. Because you always yeah. things gonna change. Yeah. So, yeah. So if um so if there was creatives out there and this is a great time to sort of sit back and work out purpose, their own personal branding, what would you say if there were three things to spend the time getting to know that part of their business, because a lot of artists just are who they are. And even as a performer, you would have known, you just like, oh, well, here I am. And you let the agent do the work. But what could people do to get clear around their personal brand identity? Yeah, we work a lot on that um, with the dream team. So, and yeah. I do push a lot of people to uncomfortable point because I was pushed to uncomfortable point and I had to get uncomfortable to be comfortable with who I am really at the end of the day. But I did write some, sorry, I'm looking down because I did write some notes as well on this. So, so I think, you know, standing for something, what will people know you for? I think there's a lot of people, um, especially influencers out there on Instagram at the moment that are everything for everyone and you really need to hone in on what are you going to be known for? What are people coming to your channel? Because it's your little media world that you've created. What are they coming to you for? Whether that's fashion, beauty, makeup, artistry, um, cooking, you know, fitness. Make sure that you stick in that lane and you own it and you stick to that and don't divert. I think a lot of people can get in trouble there. Um, yeah. don't, don't be everything to everyone either. You don't need to be. Be who you are and be real. Um, and stay in your lane and don't try and be anyone else. You know, there is a lot of competition out there and there's, um, there's a lot of people, you know, it, it's, it's competitive. Let me put it that way. It's competitive. Yep. So just stay in your lane, do your thing. And uh, people will come to you because they know that you're being genuine because you're speaking the truth. I think when I was younger in my twenties, I really suffered with a lot of fear. Um, and I think that we bring a lot of what our childhood has knocked into us into our adulthood. So um, I don't think I had the skill set or uh, the mentality to understand how to deal with that. And then as I got into my 30s, you know, you whatever you do, but I got married, I had a baby, um, I was in already a, a fairly, you know, um, growing and successful business at Two Birds, and then life changed. And, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty and fear about what the next steps are and where am I going and what is my purpose and all that sort of stuff. I think confidence definitely helps you kick the fear it is a mind game every day is a mind game for all of us and if you don't keep that mind in check and you in check um it can really get out of control and i and i've definitely been in that situation look i found i found mentors um and different people you know i went and saw a white witch who rebecca is awesome um and it was really about shifting energies because we do carry a lot of energies internally and so how do we shift that so that whatever I was putting out, I was going to get back. So, you know, a lot of people don't understand that, that what they're actually putting out is what they're getting back. So you put out fear and fear is going to come and slap you real hard. of a movie. I just, they had like a wet fish and they just went slap you across it's the face. And it just you. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Yep. And I never believed that, um, that, that, could happen but when I became aware of it it's exactly I was creating it I actually created all of it so um yeah. it, you have to take the responsibility on yourself and be able to get the head in the right space to be able to you know turn it around so speaking to people and communication is the best thing exercising is really good too I mean I'm not great at exercising but I'm like oh, I'd prefer to pick up a spritz but you know yeah. it, it really hey, weight training <laughs> I know, exactly. Really oh. helps. Exactly. Exactly. It, you know, it's, it's all those things. You just have to keep picking yourself up. As I said, if no one's died, you're going to be okay because yeah. 
everything can be fixed. I think just for the audience as well, there was a question that I had um, in my notes for Prue and basically it was around sort of failure and rejection and, you know, within what she has to do for a job every day, you're basically pitching ideas. Now, as a creative, your ideas, like I don't have kids, these are my babies. Like I'm like, you know, and they're personal. They're a part of me because I get excited by them. And then you're putting it out there and someone's like, nah, sorry. And it's like, you know, or you've got the wrong hair color if you're going for an audition, whatever it is, you know, and it's how do you, because sometimes that process and it is grief to a point because you've got to, you work through it or your emotions out there and then you do the circle. Okay. This one's not being ended up where I thought it would be. How do you knock that out and take that step forward? Like what, what would you say is like the mental process or like what happens in your mind to be able to go, okay, great. That wasn't a success. What did I learn from it? How do I get forward? How do I move forward? Yeah. We had something recently um, with coronavirus where we came, we had to pitch a whole heap of new ideas for all our existing clients. And one of the ideas that we came up with, I thought was fantastic. I was so, so excited by it. I think the client did too, but when it was pitched to the next level up, it was like, no, no, not going to happen. So (laughs) I was like, what? This is brilliant. This is going to put you on the map. You know, like what? This is crazy. Um, Anyway, you know, I think I just had to, it's not personal. Any of it's not personal. And it's about what that person's looking for, you know, at the, at the right time as well. I think even with the dream team, you know, if I'm pitching them out, putting them into jobs and somebody else gets it, it's usually about that person at the other end who's selecting it, already knowing what they want. And it might just be that you just weren't right for that, but there will be something else for you. So with the idea, yep, it didn't work, but we transformed it into something that was similar, but yet not with exactly the same outcome, but everybody was happy at the end of the day. And, you know, they're, they're my clients. So I have to, um, I have to adhere to, to what they want and their wishes as well and make sure that they're feeling comfortable with it too. But also... Yep push in in a good way so that they do get out of their comfort zones um a little bit as well so there's always a balance it's a real balance yeah so how do you find from managing clients to then managing talent what would be the biggest difference for you within that um i think you know with the pr clients um they have they have a brand so Um, And usually, well, not all of them, but most of the ones that are with me already have an established brand over the past five, 10 years. Um, There are a few startups that are with me, but most of them are established. Um, So really it's about creating newness for them. It's about creating newness, creating angles, um, keeping them relevant and keeping media and I guess other influencers wanting to talk about them. With the dream team, it's much more personal. We become like best friends. We, um, you know, we really deep dive into what their dreams and passions are. And I ask them, you know, all the time, what do you want? What do you want out of this? I probably don't ask a brand as much about that because it's more structured and you know what's coming in every month and we know what the retails are doing and we're in promo plans and it's a little yep. different. Um, whereas a person is so much more, well, personable, funnily enough, because, you know, they're there and, 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 and it's them, it's their emotion, it's their hearts, their soul, it's everything that they stand for. And it's really just trying to get the genuine side out of them. I mean, brands need to be genuine as well. There's no two ways about it. But when you're a person, I don't think you can hide as much as what sometimes a brand can behind their product. So, you know, even with my spritz, it's, it's a product, but you're not seeing me every day when you're drinking it, although you are today. So I am today. (laughs) Every now time I pick one up, you'll be in my mind, (laughs) Prue. But you know, do you know what I mean? Like that's the, that's the alignment. So with a, with a person, um, 
Yeah, it's 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 just it's it's a lot different. Um, we do a lot of work together on you know getting the results and um, really focusing on what they want personally out of it versus yeah. anything else. So yeah, I did want to ask you, bringing back the can. Um, yeah. What did you find the biggest challenge? in product development, like I know you've developed a spritz, mm. but there's a lot of people that I talk to in the makeup world who want to create a makeup product and I'm assuming there's a process for everything, but what would have been your biggest hurdle in bringing a product to life and how did mm. you overcome it? Yeah, we, um, so as I said earlier, my husband and I had the idea to create a great tasting drink without the preparation time. And we definitely, yeah, we definitely were the, uh, right the chemists now. behind that. Thank you. Thank you. We definitely got the chemist behind that. We were lucky to have Thomas Kiltop, who we had a business with, we had bars with, and uh, he created these flavors. And through that, we developed these drinks. Now, this has taken four years. This is not something that just all of a sudden we're here and we have a spritz. The spritz itself is under a year old, so about 11 months yep. old at the moment. Um, but previous to that, we created non-alcoholic mixes because we could see the rise of the non-alcoholic mix as well. So the flavours took Thomas such a long time to create. I mean, he has a, an amazing palate, so he can come up with flavours and say, what do you think of this and how does this taste? And so through that, he was able to create some of those. But then the whole process through, do we carbonate? Do we not carbonate? What does the consumer want? What do the retailers want? I mean, that, that process is really research, meetings, conversations, and how do we get to that point? And then where do we mix it? And where is our canning facilities versus where is the product coming from? Because a lot of it was coming from overseas. So we learned a hell of a lot in a very um, short amount of time when we first produced the non-alcoholic mixes, which was about three years ago. Um, and that, yeah, I, I think looking back, we probably should have done a little bit more research on all of that and how it was going to work because we went from non-carbonated to carbonated and then once we carbonated you know retailers and bars were loving it as well so i'm loving the bubbles bubbles girl and like just and, and figuring out just the right amount of bubbles is also a huge challenge too the carbonation yeah. is is quite a process so if you are thinking of starting a business get the right people around you that can help you you know we're, we're not skilled at everything so i'm not a graphic designer and i'm not a flavor profile person either i don't i don't necessarily know all my wines i love drinking wine and i love the alcohol industry i love gin but it doesn't mean mm. that i know those we things need to hang out more <laughs> <laughs> We can't. When I'm up in Sydney, when I actually can get out of here and get back up to Sydney, yeah. we'll do that. We'll do that. Um, so yeah, so that was that. That was where it is. And through the Roger Hamilton um, uh, experience that I went through in iLab, I figured out that I was a creator. So he has a great process, which I'll share with you as well. You can download a survey and figure out what sort of profile you are. So oh, whether I love this. yeah, so whether you're um, a creator or a supporter or a deal maker, um, you can actually figure out those um, those details and then make sure that you get those people around you in business because that's actually what what makes a successful business is having the different skill sets. So I think I think that's a really key thing to say because we're not experts in everything. And every time I've tried to be Wonder Woman, which is a few times this lifetime, you know, she whacks on the cape and tries to do everything, and then I end up exhausted or burnt out and. And and because you, you're educating yourself on so many different things, but know what you're good at, absolutely. And then bring everyone else in, and it's not a failure. No. It's being smart in business. Exactly, exactly. No, it's not a failure at all. Um, We're not meant to know. I think everything. a lot of people do. 
No. And I think, and you know, I wasn't that, well, I'm still not great at numbers, but I do understand my numbers a hell of a lot more now. Um, but make sure that you've got an accountant or a finance person in there that can really help you um, understand your books and your P&Ls and your cash flow and stay on top of it. Because that's what crumbles a lot of people by not understanding those things. Um, it yep. can really, really, and talk about fear. Wow. That's when it's really going to come and slap you like a fish in the face, you know, so. <laughs> you and I can see it. Our creative brain. Like, totally. Yes. Yes, totally, exactly. <laughs> uh, now, just as our final question, yes. what for you would be, up until now, your most proud business moment for yourself? Yeah, I thought about that. I think, look, I think one day dream um, because... Again, like when I first launched the business, everyone was like, one day dream, it's too long. And I was like, well, it all begins with a daydream. That's where it, that's where it is. So it's like one daydream, all our thoughts from a creative perspective start there. So I was really excited by the name and, and love the business. I think in five short years, we've worked with some of the best beauty brands around Australia. We've definitely become um, a beauty destination for people globally if they're launching here in Australia as well. Um, the team is awesome. You know, we worked really hard on culture. So everyone within the dream team, and that's yeah. the PR side of the business too, um, are wonderful girls and, and boys and hard workers and are really respectful to each other. And I think that's what I'm really proud of because once you get that team right, the rest will flow and team is really everything. So um, yeah, I, I would have to say that with one day dream for sure. Oh, that's so, it's just, just <laughs> nice to hear. And I think just talking about what you learned from your mentor at Sports Girl and then what you've put into your business because you see the value in people. And when you see yes. that, and I think, you know, I see so many people sometimes when they're leading a team and they push them with fear. And I don't respond well in fear, neither does most people when you see what's happened with the virus. And there's that negative energy. So I think what you've done in creating that beautiful energy and empowering people to have the confidence in themselves to move forward is just you know, a really beautiful thing in business. And I'd, I'd be nice to see more of it because you hear a lot of people that aren't so satisfied within their roles working for people. 100%. And you know what? It's the fear of the boss that's doing that. It's nothing else. It's actually the fear of the boss that's doing it. Always. Because yeah. I, you see it, and look, I don't work necessarily in corporate, but you see it within a lot of people, or even on a big set. You know, if the big creative director is like, okay, what's your ideas? Tell me. And they might knock you down, but in a nice way. You know what? I, I think we can use a part of that, I but let's just keep it. going. And it's the way that they get you to keep going without feeling shut down. And I 100%. think... It works, you know, within an office and, and it works within a creative environment. It's all relative information. Yeah. Like creating a safe space is, is yeah. the best thing that you can do for people to be able to share. So, and, and, and also, I mean, I don't think rejection is a bad thing. I think we talked, we touched on it earlier because yeah. that just makes you stronger as well. It makes you, well, the next thing that I'm going to do is going to be fantastic and they're going to listen this time. Yeah. So um, it gives you a bit more fire in your belly. I think sometimes when you're rejected, you know, a little bit more fire. Oh yeah. I've been rejected a lot. <laughs> <laughs> don't but... worry, so have I, but look at you now. <laughs> exactly. but it's nice, you know look at the time it's crap and it, it's you know it's a bit oh okay but it's like well yeah. hang on a second i've got ideas like i want to be good i want to be great in this lifetime so okay if this one's not it what else have i got come on yeah. true we've got our last final thing which is our one minute makeup quiz with me yes so i'm gonna shoot and you're gonna fire and excellent <laughs> no good i good. have to look at my notes because um me too i remember them up by heart so excuse us for looking down we are actually thinking and 
that's about it. All right, so here we go. The one minute makeup quiz. Your favorite beauty campaign of all time? I think it actually had to be the Dove campaign for Real Beauty, where they were sketching the women and then they came out with them explaining themselves and then they got the other actually sketch what that person looked like and that, I thought that was a beautiful campaign of what a real a real woman is yeah yeah beautiful uh favorite makeup product under 25 bucks edible beauty the makeup removal puffs they're 14 dollars. they're 100 natural hypoallergenic and reusable and biodegradable amazing amazing geez i love that one that was a full press release on that yeah. i love it <laughs> you know, i took my notes just to get it right it. and your favorite makeup product over 25 dollars yeah, I would have to say the Beauty Blender original blenders. I mean, I just love the bounce sponges. They're just incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, they're only 30 bucks, um, but then the bounce concealers and the bounce foundations are awesome too. So, yeah. All right. If you had to choose one shade of lippy, what would it be? I'm loving, and I know that this is one of my clients as well, but Napoleon Purtis's um, Matastic Lipstick in Ava. I love a peachy pink look. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. It's quite, it's quite rude. Anyway, yes, yes. Let's go. Favourite beauty icon? I love Cindy Crawford. I think oh, she's gorgeous. Me too. Yeah, love her. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. almost showing our age. Yeah, I know, but I know. Now, this is your signature fragrances throughout the decades, through 20s, 30s and 40s. <laughs> So you see Miyaki in my twenties. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's um, always a goodie. Always a goodie. Frederick Marle, Portrait of a Lady was definitely my thirties when I got married. That was definitely it's a really, really strong fragrance. So funnily enough, I can't wear it anymore. And then in my forties, the Mason Margilia, I think you say it's replica. It's at Mecca actually. And Lazy Sunday Morning is just unreal. I found it in New York about two yeah. years ago and I love it. So replica. We're going to have yep. to go and sniff some perfumes when this COVID thing is done. I'm I don't know fragr- about them. Like, What's been going on? What have I missed out on? <laughs> I'm a big fragrance fan. I love them. I love them. Awesome. Oh. All right. What's your favourite haircut or colour you've ever had? I think it needs to be the balayage. I think like I'm always with a bit of, you know, brown mm. and blonde. So definitely for me. Yeah. What about your worst haircut or colour? I think I, I put a fringe on myself way back when, when I was going through my change, <laughs> I did a fringe and the fringe just was not right. My husband was like, what have you done? And um, <laughs> at another stage I went like dark red because my hair has a lot of red in it. When I dyed it, it just went this terrible, terrible color. Yeah. Dark red. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had plenty. Don't you worry. Um, uh, skincare or beauty product that you just can't live without. Yeah, the Ola Henriksen um, Transform Walnut Scrub. It smells like cookies and cream and it is Yum. the best scrub for your face. It's, it's amazing. Oh, I'm going to have to find a few new things out there. Um, yeah. What was the best beauty tip you've ever been given covering hair, makeup or skincare? I think it's more about contouring and I'm still trying to get to that point, but just to really highlight your cheekbones, your jawline and your nose, that can really just transform your face. So, and even putting a lighter concealer up um, under your um, contouring, I think really helps to shape your face a lot more. So I'd say that was the best tip. Um, yeah, Jay Kisnorbo told me that one. I loved, loved that tip. So oh, I love it. I love she's it. always like, don't be perfect. She's like, you don't need to be perfect. Just do it. Just blend. So, yeah. yeah. And you always remember who gave you the tip too. Yeah. Yep. Always remember that. It's always. Yeah. Uh, go-to nail colour. Any pink. Uh, it's like light or dark. I love a pink. Yeah. yeah. Light or dark. Deep pink or light. Yep. 
Brilliant. Uh, favorite 90s makeup product? <laughs> <laughs> Nude, you'll love this. Nude by Nature bronzer and Astralis clear mascara. <laughs> oh, the clear mascara. I loved it. Loved it. Yep. Yep. We didn't have much choice back then, though. We just didn't have much choice, did no. we? Really? No. no. I have plenty of hideous photos. I yeah. actually burned yeah. a few of them from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I know tops, uh, I know tinsel oh, yeah. jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you could have one product only in COVID lockdown, what would you be? I think the Sand and Sky Pink Clay Mask. I mean, any masking, I think, during lockdown is amazing. It's yep. definitely the new lipstick of uh, the recession, they're saying. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, the Sand and Sky Pink Clay Mask yeah. is unreal. It just brings out the impurities and gives you beautiful feeling skin. So, yeah, I'll have to send you some. I'll get you some over. It's really good. Thank you. Um, yes. All right. Now my favourite and the final question to finish up what we're doing today. In three words or less, what does beauty mean to you? So spirit, smile, and mind. Oh, I'm giving Definitely. you a big virtual <laughs> hug right now. <laughs> if we're in the same room, I wouldn't be able to keep social distance. <laughs> or maybe my energy would be bouncing right off you. But <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, I know. Oh. Very good. No, definitely. Beauty to me is not is not about the face at all. It's just about what's inside and um, people's minds is what is what gets me going. I think it's great. So yeah. Oh, hence why we're doing these things because I'm trying great. to get into your mind for our brilliant, beautiful minds. And I love it. It's great, yeah. Melanie. Well done on it. It's awesome. Oh, good job to you. you. Keep, thank, keep, thank you for giving me the time going. today because I'm I'm so appreciative because I do love the way your brain works and I've followed you for a lot of years. So to have these conversations. With women that you know I find are really inspiring excites me so thank you yeah. <laughs> oh you're welcome thanks so much for the chat it's been fun and so good yes. to do uh during lockdown yeehaw cheers to that cheers to that oh thanks so much pro all right thanks melanie